Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Welcome to Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio. On today's show, where the Chiefs go from here with Orlando Brown Jr., Frank Clark's time in Kansas City coming to an end, and the biggest remaining questions this offseason. Now two guys whose nipples are hard for Alan Lazard, Cody Tapp, and Alex Gold. <laughs> there uh, reportedly is at least one general manager that feels that way about Alan Lazard. We'll get to that coming up a little bit later on. But uh, yeah, I, mine or not, uh, I can confirm. Wait, not yet. Cody, can you confirm that? Oh, golds are not. The, we got the stream up. Let me let me work on this. We gonna just pull your shirt up? Yeah, just come over here. Yeah, yeah, Cody, come on, do um, your duty as host. I don't. I don't. Honestly, I don't think that falls under my job description. You have a responsibility. No, that's your job to, to talk about. Listeners. Your job talks about the things you have to touch, point, or finger, not mine. Correct. That's in your job description. You come that's over the here. You know what? When the interns are here, they'll handle that. Hmm. We won't have to have these conversations anymore. That's why we need interns. Which, By the way, applications are still open. They are. They definitely are. We will hopefully be in touch with people next week to start scheduling interviews. Yeah, so if you have applied and you are looking to find out whether or not... Um, because if that intro from Nick didn't intrigue you and get you wanted to be part of this, then I don't know what will. Then I guess this industry is just not for you. Yeah, this show certainly not will not be for, for you. That's the case. Man, you guys could always interact with us. What is our sexual harassment policy at this <laughs> state, in this building? We have one, if that's what you're asking. We do? Yes, I'm pretty sure everybody does. Do you think that Nick asking me to feel your nipples somehow... Violates it or not? Don't no? make Radio. this weird. <laughs> Radio's a little different, and we're also on the air, and I think we know how this show goes. So I think it's a little, it's a little different. It's it's a little bit different. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. So I'm just, you're been, just telling me to just let this go, huh? Yeah, there'd be plenty of HR violations if you were going to actually go by the book. I've never committed any HR violations. I'd like that to be known. Yeah. Except for the times I've said things on the air by accident. By the times you've demanded 
<laughs> your yeah. coworkers do other things. What do you mean? That's not an HR violation. You're by far the bossiest person on this show. Ooh. Alex? I don't hear Alex arguing. Hmm. And I don't even, quite frankly, hear you arguing. <laughs> I was, You know what? I was really trying to think about it. I, w- I was trying to decide if... Uh, if that was an accurate yeah. statement. Yeah. And? Nah, I think it's probably accurate. Like, I'm not going to fight who I am. Just not. The video stream is up. You can watch the show. Uh, up Actually, on, I am told that oh, audio is still an issue. So. Okay. Well, so. I thought it was up. Half the battle. Half, half of it's there. Do you need audio for a video stream? Yeah, kind of. But it's video, so mm-hmm. it's probably fine. People want to hear. Thanks for uh, describing the difference between audio and video. My goodness. <laughs> oh, goodness. Let's just uh, let's get back into what was happening at the end of yesterday's show. And, of course, more details have come out. That is that Orlando Rod Jr. will not be tagged by this 3 o'clock deadline today. That means the Chiefs will have the ability to negotiate with him on a long-term deal, but it sets a firm deadline of of next week, next Monday, as a matter of fact, for them to do so. And it, it sets the stage where basically you kind of force the issue here one way or the other. All right, you, you think you're worth X amount of money. We're going to now give you an opportunity to go and find out if that really is what you can get on the open market. And, and if not, then, okay, let's let's talk. Let's be a little more maybe realistic about the numbers. And we're interested in, in, you, in you coming back. I think that is still yesterday you asked me the percentage. I still think it's 25% chance that Orlando Brown Jr. still is back with the team, which is why if you're thinking about option A, B, C, or D that the Chiefs have, I still think option A is that Orlando Brown Jr. gets a long-term deal done. But that requires the market not being what he and his agent believe it actually is and it being more what the Chiefs think it is. It's an interesting bluff catcher. But if you look at, like, so we've talked about this, like the history and who's been interested in you when you've been a free agent. When Orlando Brown Jr. originally came to Kansas City, there were not that many teams interested in him. You know how I know that? Because the Ravens traded him to the Chiefs. Something, Gold, we all thought impossible due to the fact that at the time, that might have been the single biggest competition for the Chiefs. That was before the Bills had really emerged and certainly before the Bengals had emerged. So at that time, the Ravens were considered either 1A or 1B as the biggest AFC competitors for the Chiefs at the time, and they traded away a tackle. They traded to the Chiefs their single biggest position of need. So there must not have been that many teams called. There must have been a lot of teams who thought of him as a right tackle, similar to the way the Ravens did, and took to heart that way. And I think the Chiefs are banking on the fact that even though he's been a very good left tackle for Kansas City, or he's been a good left tackle for Kansas City, that other teams will still view him the same way, and that number's going to be what it is. So they're going to let him flirt with other teams and see what his market really is. It's a risk, but I don't blame the Chiefs for doing it. I, I think part of it, you laid out the scenario of when he was traded to Kansas City, but there's teams that, let's say, you were or weren't getting phone calls this go-around. The difference this time is not only, Cody, are they giving up draft assets, if you were to have done the whole tag-and-trade scenario, which is not going to happen now, uh, is that they're going to also have to give them a long-term deal. You know, when the Chiefs traded with the Ravens, it wasn't just giving up. It was only giving up draft capital, I should say. You knew you had multiple years of control. You had the final year of his rookie deal, and then you had the ability to franchise tag, which is how it played out for two years. This go-around, if you were someone that was going to trade for him, you're going to have to give compensation to Kansas City and the long-term deal. And I think that's also maybe why the trade market 
ended up not being what it actually was. But do you disagree? Like looking at the options for Kansas City, A is the, the long term deal, and B is to me at that point to go ahead and put all your assets into thinking that you're going to go find somebody in the draft because I I'm looking at the free agents. And I'll be honest, man, like I don't I don't feel good about it. Like Isaiah Wynn of the New England Patriots, yeah, he's 28 years old. He's been kind of a bust. He was a first round pick. He's been a disappointment. He was a first round pick in 2018. He misses Although, his entire rookie. That sounds he, like a Veach guy. He misses his entire rookie season with an Achilles injury. Then he played 16 games as a left tackle in 2021. He sat out voluntary OTAs last year, moved to right tackle, and then didn't get along with the media in New England. Got benched multiple times throughout the season. Led the league in penalties. Like, I'm good. I'm, I'm good on that option. God, that is the most Brett Veach signing of all time you just described. I know, though. but leading the league in penalties as well. And then injury history. Ugh. She's consistently leading the league in penalties. No, it's not. Tackle. Look, here's the thing. I think part of the problem here that we'll run into is if you look for an option better than Orlando Brown Jr. at left tackle, yeah, you're not going to find it. Doesn't not exist gonna, in free agency. No. Nope. Nope. It's got to be a trade. And if it did, by so, the way, it would be pricey. Like, I mean, you there maybe there's some guys that get cut between now and Monday as they have to get under the cap. There's some teams maybe that sure. are willing to do it. And they, so there's a new name or two that could enter the conversation by Monday, and that changes the dynamic here. As of right this second, though, there's not a free agent left tackle that uh, I, I think is a real option for them. It is a relatively decent right tackle market, especially when you consider the people who are projected to become free agents as a result of that as well, and your own right tackle who you had last season was available. I think they're taking a calculated risk. Look, I think it's a higher percentage than I had indicated to you yesterday. It certainly seems to me that there's a better chance that it'll be a number higher than that, but it's still, they're taking a risk that there's not one desperate team. And in the in the meanwhile, there is a team with a hundred million dollars in cap space who has a second year quarterback. They'd like to protect and need weapons around them. Uh, and is familiar with the Chiefs organization, it's hard to imagine that there's not one team who will pay the price because for some teams it is willing to overpay. It just is. To improve your circumstances because you got the cap flexibility now, you can do what the Seahawks just did with Geno Smith's deal where you front-load it. I still think for the Chiefs, like if I'm guessing what Brett Veach is thinking, he's still thinking option A is Orlando Brown Jr. and the kind of money we're talking about, he's about to find out, that we're offering about as high as anybody will offer in the NFL. Option B to me should be trading for a better left or right tackle. I'm actually kind of open to both, even if you have to pay them, because I'm just looking to strengthen up one side of this so there's not questions all around. If I've got to like draft a guy that I think can be a left tackle, or you know, because I know they want a long-term answer there, because an option C is just like, well, I guess we'll just draft our left tackle for the future forever and just Hope that he's available at 31 because that's a that well, easier, comes to, with easier, significant to find risk. A, easier to find a right tackle in the draft. Though. That's the only thing I'll keep pushing back on, like this notion that they should just do either or to me, if you lose Orlando Brown Jr., then bring back Andrew Wiley, have him be your right tackle and then work on either through trade or through the draft, finding your, your left tackle of the future. I, I'm not, I'm not sold on the idea that, uh, that they, that they should be just willing to uh, focus in on particular shoring up, one one side over the other in terms of taking a greater risk uh, on just hoping the left tackle thing sorts itself out. Like you have to at least have one of these ends uh, taken care of. You can't go into uh, the draft needing a left and a right tackle, nor will they. But you're, you're seeing no, they'll have you some see, answer. I yeah. still value, even though it's changed since 2016. I still value left tackle over right tackle. Where uh, where okay, so we gave uh, options A, B, and C. Is option D Joe Tooney's your left tackle? 
Well, Where, how many how many letters to... before Joe Tooney's your left tackle? Well, we're for probably you. thirty seconds away from getting a text that uh, on the text that line was going to say that anyway. That says just go ahead and and run with Joe Tooney. No, I, I I know why people have brought that up in the past, but that to me is not a real option. You just don't think? I mean, at this point, it's on the list. He it's just not quarter, the option he, you he like. He played one quarter or whatever it was, one half at left tackle uh, a year or so ago, and, and everybody suddenly just thinks that he was going to be good the entire he year. He literally played a quarter. It's He's ridiculous. never. When's the last time he played left tackle? That what, was it. That was the only time. Like, what about like high school, <laughs> college, or something? But like, and he was good in the quarter and a half. To his credit, he's a hell of a football player. But that does not mean that he can be your stable left tackle of the future. I look. I think it's on the option list. But let's admit that if they go into next year and Joe Tooney's their left tackle, it's option. Like in Brett Feach's mind, not even just ours. Gold. That would be Brett. Uh, Brett Feach's option D E F. Right. I mean, he would have had to run through some scenarios that he had much different plans on that eventually came up short. There's no other explanation for that. Have you changed, though, since we got off the air yesterday, of, of how likely you think it is that, despite having A, B, C, D, E, whatever, yeah, that, it's better that, 5%, that, that Orlando Brown Jr. gets a long-term deal done on, you know, by Monday with the Chiefs based actually, off of what they're, they're kind of feeling out. Yeah, I kind of, you know, Sam McDowell obviously wrote about it at the Kansas City Star, and when you, you know, when I, when I read those different pieces... I feel a little more confident that they're that, that really this play and not franchise tagging him is about just a, this is a really big calling your bluff call. You're like, we're not going to franchise tag you. We're not going to pay that 22 million because what you do when you franchise him is you put all of the leverage on him. He gets it all. He's already making $22 million. He can just play out this contract be a free agent, make however much money he wants, and he's holding you hostage where you want to get a long-term deal done gold because you don't want to pay him $22 million with zero cap flexibility. In this scenario, you're saying you can either sign with us long-term or guess you're gone now. We'll take the risk. Let's have a conversation. To me, this move, the more and more I read about it, the more we think about it from like, you know, we're just seeing this information and it's surprising at 1.30 yesterday is the more I feel like it is very simply the Chiefs trying to get a deal done with Orlando Brown Jr. And their thought being that the only way they're going to get it done is if they threaten. Well, it's also putting a real deadline on it. I mean, it's just, yep. yes, today at 3 o'clock is the franchise tag deadline, but it's putting a real deadline on the Next long-term the long -term future. And, and so it, it I think, is a, a move that could be beneficial to Kansas City, depending on what 31 other teams are thinking about Orlando Brown Jr. You're right, though. It only takes one team. It only takes one team that says we've got the cap space. Uh, we're willing to, you know, quote unquote, overpay. Guys get paid overpaid, I should say, in free agency all the time, <laughs> all the time. There are guys that are paid to be as if they're the best at their position. They're not always the best at their. We were position. always laughing at Christian Kirk's contract last year. We're like, you paid him twenty million dollars a year. Yeah, actually had a really nice season. He did. Um, but they're, you know, they're, the guy that's always the highest paid at their position doesn't always mean he's no. the best at the position. We know this. This is kind of how the cycle works. And in that free just agency. happened in Kansas City. That's what happened with Frank Clark, right? Well, it's also what the the Chiefs have shown in the last twenty, you know, last uh, twelve months. I, I would say where Tyreek Hill, they weren't willing to make him the highest paid wide receiver in football, so they traded him. If your name is not Mahomes, it's not Kelsey, and I'll add Chris Jones to the mix because I think you know, I know Fesco was reporting this morning. He thinks that that'll be something after the draft they try to work out with Chris sure. Jones. Unless it's those three guys, they're not. They're not. They're not going to pay you as if you're the best of that position. They're not. Those three guys, they will. That's it. 
And those three guys, they should. Because you know why, Gold? They are the best at their position. Paying three guys to be the best at their position when they are, actively are, not were, not could be, actively are the three best players at their position, seems like it's a lot easier to pay them that way. What about Frank Clark, though? That oh, came. A, it was a busy day what yesterday half after our show, but Frank Clark reports are that they were not able at the Combine to come to agreement on another restructure. That would have been two years in a row of restructuring contracts to make it work. And we talked a lot about the relationship, and, and that was one reason why I thought they could actually get it done. Um, but based on market and what his agent, Frank Clark's agent, believes he can go out there and get based off of what he did this past season, a bounce-back year, five-plus sacks in the regular season, great postseason, he thinks he can go get more money. It's, it's, it's very ever it, – it's one of those things – it's hard for me to ever, I should say, blame anybody for going out and, and getting the money when it exists. And I think there's a chance that Frank Clark and his agent obviously recognize – yeah, we can restructure and help out Kansas City, and I love KC and Andy Reid and all that. But if if we think the market is going to be this million dollar, this you know five million dollar difference or whatever it may be, and maybe a chance to get a big time deal again, uh, then then I'm going to see what that opportunity is. And much like the Orlando Brown situation, Cody, go ahead and test that market. Let us know if that market's not there. We'll, we'll maybe gladly welcome you back to Kansas City in a month or two. But right now, it's not a dollar amount that we're going to come to terms on. Look, he's gonna he's gonna make more. In case he's going to offer, I think this is the end for Frank Clark, which is he has had one of the most intriguing player tenures in Chiefs history. He made like $75 million. You could argue for a big chunk of that time in the regular season pay gold. He was overpaid. He was the one of the single greatest playoff performers in Kansas City Chiefs history, probably only behind Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, two guys who have also performed unstoppable you know like incredibly well during those runs and it's just like i can't and, and like everybody wanted him cut like five different times but he was yeah. the hero three different times because like i'll see the text line it'll be a big mix happy to see you go good riddance and then there'll be the other people be like what are we gonna do without him because it's tough with frank clark he's had a weird run here in kansas city i think they are worse without frank clark but that you know when you Go across the board, you can only pay so much. You can and, only and afford to pay so much. I don't blame him for not taking the discount two years in a row. He restructured last rare. year. It would have been pretty rare. I mean, $21 million of cap space, though, they free up. Yes, there's 7.6 in dead cap. They're going to have to eat that. That's on the books. Nothing they can do about it. But there's much worse up, dead cap. Free up $21 million. So that's the benefit of making this decision. And I don't think it's, it's what it, he him. I would put more of a 5% change. You know, you put five on Brown. I'll put 5% on Frank Clark, actually. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it if can't be higher than that, If right? they couldn't come to terms during the combine on a restructure, uh, it, it's kind of hard there, to imagine him just coming back in a month or so because the market's not what he thought it was. Considering his age, there's one There's one more multi-year deal left for him, right? Like Multi-year deal, yeah. Come on, maybe it's a paper deal. He's only 29. Maybe it's a paper three-year deal gold where they could get out of after one year, similar to what's happening with Zadarius Smith in Minnesota or in Green Bay, right? Where he got one year or he got a three-year deal, but there's reports that they might cut him after one. Like I could see that with Frank Clark, but there's a multi-year deal. Yeah, I mean, he's I, 29 years old. He's not Carlos Dunlap. He's not 34, yeah. or 35 years old. Somebody's going to give Frank Clark a three or four-year deal. Uh, if I'm a team at, if I'm like the Jacksonville Jaguars who need a little more help on defense to go along with what they already have. And want players to show up I, in important if, playoff if games. And there's a, you know, there's a guy that's won two rings, has been around, is a vocal leader. We hear it all the time from, from chief players, how big of a voice Frank had 
in the Chiefs locker room. If I'm like a team like Jacksonville, who tasted the playoffs this year, got a playoff win, now they're looking to take that next leap forward. That like Frank Clark and Jacksonville, place like that would make a lot of sense. It's to me, there's uh, half of the league could use a guy like Frank Clark. I understand that he's never going to be the bell cow of your pass rush, but every team needs guys who are good for five or six sacks and good for one to three in the postseason, depending on how many games you play. Like you need, like this is to me, this is like the equivalency of like when the Royals got to James Shield. He wasn't he wasn't meant to be your best starting pitcher during an entire playoff run. He was meant to make sure you understood how to win. Frank Clark's turned into that guy, right? He's the winner. Shows up, was in Kansas City, got paid a lot of money, but won two rings while he did it. Got all the got almost all the way through that huge contract in Kansas City. And that that's the whole thing. I I, I think I saw like I mean, it's just a couple of people, but like me and be like, you know, they, they never really got their money's worth or like he was overpaid. I'm like overpaid. Dude, if, if anybody is on your roster who makes that kind of money, shows up in the postseason, you win two Super Bowl rings. Uh, nope. It can't be overpaid because they didn't have enough regular season sacks for your liking. He is the all time leader in playoff sacks for Kansas City. He is going to go down. He's already top five of all time with a pretty good chance to finish at the top of the list, depending on which playoff He's team he lands with. He's going to be a Chiefs Hall of Famer. There's no question about that. This is the same thing as the Royals. Like, how many guys did they add? But when, when you have multiple rings, you're going to get talking about Chiefs Hall of Fame. Chiefs Hall of Fame, Frank Clark will, will be part of that. How many people are in there now? I, I don't have that number in front of me. Okay. Really? Well, you didn't predict that no. Cody was going to ask you for no, a specific I number? I didn't, Nick. I to know uh, how many people. But also, we're in the golden era of Chiefs football. I mean, look, in fairness, they rings. inducted Kimball Anders this year, so. I mean, Kimball Anders catching strays. Yeah. What is your deal? <laughs> Dude, come on. Come on. Frank Clark is a no-brainer Chiefs Hall of Famer. As is Kimball Anders. Yep. As really? is Tyron Matthew. We want to start that back up. Can, yep. you, even, yep. can you even just <laughs> tell me when Kimball Anders played? Don't look. look. Nick can't. Come on. Just Nick inside of the oh, Nick come grew on. Up, Nick grew up in the, the in 90s. City. The 90s. <laughs> He's saying that so broad. No, the he knows. 90s. He knows. Mm-hmm. That's correct. That's not fair. You said Nick grew up and you were already giving him the Kansas answer. City. Meaning, but you were you were trying to No, trying I grew to, up in Kansas City. I'm you, a Chiefs fan. I know yeah. that I know the team. You, I know the you history. You were trying to embarrass our guy Nick and act like he yeah. doesn't know who Kimball Anders was. Yeah. What position did he play, Nick? Oh my gosh. I'm not helping him out here. I'm not okay, helping. listen, dude. What position didn't he play? <laughs> <laughs> what position did Kimball Anders play? Kimball Anders played, and you guys know this well. Kimball Anders played running back. Fullback. He's a great running back. back. Okay, well, you call it fullback. I call it running back. That team is decidedly a fullback. and never more than like 300 yards rushing. Okay, you're really going to get me on a technicality. (laughs) Okay, fine. Technicality? I'd have given you halfback. Somehow I'd have given you that one, not running back. Whatever. He ran the ball, didn't he? He lined up in the backfield. Sometimes. He lined up in the backfield, didn't he? Okay. All right, done. I win. I know Chiefs football. But Kimball Anders. Don't ever test me like that again, man. We should get you a Kimball Anders jersey, you know? Please. Really I would support. love that. I would love that. I have no idea what number he wore to you. Was it 32, something like that? I Do you know. remember? I don't know. I was like, good for you. That's a guess. I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm wrong. It went 38, 38, 38. dude. Duh. I know more about him <laughs> than you guys do. <laughs> hey. He's got his whole page pulled up. I can just see. <laughs> <laughs> Nick definitely has all the info now. like a reflection <laughs> off. Uh, 
Wasn't planning on talking about him today. We will, get, we will get to the remaining offseason questions, though. The biggest ones in particular and, and what order they might have to go in coming up in about eight minutes or so. Uh, I haven't made my way up to the new airport yet. And Nick, I, I believe, right, you've got somebody coming in town this week, so you'll have to go yeah. through that. And people are complaining about the, the parking situation or really the pickup situation. And it's something that should be easily fixed, right? Because there's, it's your fault. Let's some, be honest. It's your fault. Wait, because it's you. Everyone who's going to the airport. It's not the airport's fault. So the tr- it's, pe- it's the people. There's been major huh. issues in the evenings. So nobody should be using the airport. In, no. In the evenings, there's been major issues with the, the pickup and drop-off area. It's been backed up quite a bit, more than we've ever seen around KCI. And the reasoning for that is, in the past, at the old uh, terminals, right, you could get by with even parking at the curbside. You could just keep circling, just whatever. keep circling, or you know, people would sit there, even though you weren't supposed to park there either. They really didn't enforce it a whole, a whole lot. Well, now the issue is people are parking their cars and just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. And there's no, there's no way for anybody to move. And so it's creating this big backup. This is why there's a cell phone lot. So you're really supposed to sit in the cell phone lot. Cody, your wife gets back into town. She texts you said, Hey, I just walked out. I'm curbside. Then you make your way there. Instead of you sitting out there for 20 minutes waiting for your wife, even though she texted you, she landed and she's waiting in baggage claim. So That's really, this is a percent right. It's a hundred percent right. And as somebody who has flown through the Denver airport countless times, which is one of the three most, I think, top five busiest airport in America, up there with, like, Newark and Atlanta, you're 100% right, Gold, and nobody, (laughs) nobody follows those rules. They, they go through the, the pickup line and they park next to the curb. I know, but so Dana right over at, at KMB. But we could be better. So, we could be so, better. I than agree. That. I agree. I'm, t- I'm just saying that's the issue, and it's not enforced. There's no traffic well, police out there to, to so push people through. Dana right over at KMBZ, she was mentioning she she had talked to people that said starting on Tuesday today they will start doing traffic enforcement. So that might be the way to clean this. Thing. So and and you're going to be part of the no, solution, right? No, but I'm telling you right now. Those those officers' jobs are impossible. Yeah. Because at one given time, you've got four lanes of traffic, and I mean, I don't know, just do do the math. How many cars can fit in those four right. lanes at one time? And half of them are all trying to sit there and park. I know, but like, but Dana was saying there were people that were parking their cars, leaving their cars at curbside, and going to walk around the new airport. Like that was, they were getting reports that some people were doing that. That's insane. I thought we I mean, all that is insane. That's egregious behavior. Like what, what is going on? That that is nuts. Who thinks that that is something you? There's a parking garage. I think the first thirty minutes are a dollar or something or free. The dollar. We'll just maybe. go see our friends at Park and Go. And that it, too. It, I'm telling you, every single airport is like this. You cannot find me an airport. Go to Midway in Chicago. Go to Denver. Go to Atlanta. Go to Phoenix. They're all like this, and it's it's hell. To get through the pickup and uh, pickup lane and the drop-off lane, it, it, you're, there is not. It is not some sort of unique design flaw within the Kansas City <laughs> terminal. It is like this everywhere. It is your job to keep the flow of traffic moving, or if you're going to be stopping, like Gold said, you have to go to the cell phone uh, line. From the 913, this goes back to da- where we kind of were talking about this. Dana and Parks yesterday on KNBZ, they had the whoever was in charge of KCI aviation department on and said they're working on getting some signs up about no parking that your car will be ticketed and towed if left there unattended at all. Like that's the kind of stuff that has to happen. I just, by the way, that feels like one of those things you definitively don't need a sign for. Like I just assume that if I parked my car on the curb at any airport, they're going to take it away. 
They're not going to just so let luck, me Nick. leave my Th- car Thursday there. night, you're picking somebody up from the airport, right, or something Thursday like that? Thursday afternoon, yeah. Okay, maybe you're okay in the afternoon, but... but no, I've been... Because I've experienced it the same way. We're all land in Denver, and I'm waiting for 45 minutes for my girlfriend to go through this logjam of traffic just let, to pick me let's up. Let's just agree to be better as listeners and people of Cody and Gold. We as a show, we as a group of people, we can be the cell phone lot people. We can do this. We can, we can wait. Nick, when... When Lindsay texts you and says, I'm there, then you can get into the line. We as a show can be better from the beginning. We can be a part of the solution here. Just worry. Wait till later tonight when there's stories of people's cars getting towed. That's coming. That'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Let us know, Nick, how it goes on Thursday. I'll be curious to see if they get... I feel, bad. I feel bad for the police officers that have to sit there and just scream at people that. for... Because seriously, you, you can't stop doing it. You go up from one car to the next and tell them to keep moving, and the worst part is nobody listens. Like, you'll have a cop go over and tap on your window and say, hey, you got to keep moving, you got to keep... And nobody's going to keep moving because they just waited right. in line for 30 minutes, so they're going to say whatever. They're going to wait for the cop to go yell at somebody else, and then they're just going to keep sitting there. But in fairness, after you know, living in, in Kansas City our whole life... Like, you guys never went to the cell phone lot before, and so that's it's routine, right? People are at not, it's not a habit mm-hmm. for people. It's tough for people to adjust to that. They need to, but that none of us ever went to the cell phone lot unless you were an Uber driver. I guess maybe you waited in the cell phone lot for your next ride. Or no, I think we just circle around yeah. waiting for someone to I mean, show up. I, I, I didn't park. I would just drive around in a circle until they showed up. Done that, but that's just not that's not how it's going to go. Uh, someone says, who has the worst airport etiquette on the show? We've already talked about that. I think Nick pretty, has cut so many lines. Pretty, no, that was he the, assaulted guys, a security that officer. That was the old me. That oh, wasn't a security oh. officer. That was a ticket agent, which is even. No, it was, uh, it was like a deli. It was like <laughs> a deli, deli checkouter. This checker poor guy outer. making $12 an hour at the yeah. airport. Nick's- and I didn't assault him. I just didn't see him. No, you pretended not to see him. That's very different. I pretended not to hear him. That is different. (laughs) (laughs) All right, coming up next. So the biggest remaining off-season questions, and one in particular, might be taking a little longer to get to than we thought. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. All right, just getting started here on a Tuesday. It's Cody and Gold, Alex Gold, Cody Tap, Nick Schwartz with you. We'll get to some Royals baseball here in about seven minutes or so. Something that J.J. Piccolo, the general manager of the Royals, alluded to a little bit last week when he joined us. Well, it played out that way yesterday. It got us thinking about uh, how different maybe this go-around is. We'll tell you what player in particular it involves in just a little bit. We know there's a lot of questions still out there on the Chiefs front, and the Orlando Brown situation got more complicated based off of the news that they're not going to tag Orlando Brown Jr. by the three o'clock deadline today. It extends this out for a couple more days as we've talked about with long-term deal discussions, and then he could become a free agent. All of that uh, is part of the, the biggest question remaining, but also what about Chris Jones, right? Chris Jones is someone that is the best defensive tackle in football had 15 and a half sacks. If you're, if you're making your list of the biggest remaining offseason questions, I, I thought that to me was one of those that needed to be answered pretty quick. I, I know Fesco this morning said people he's talking to that maybe they're not going to actually get Chris Jones's new deal until after the draft. Well, that's that doesn't the surprise me because they've got to figure out how to structure it. Yeah, we can table that a little bit. Let's wait till May, basically, is what they're saying, if that's the case. So, okay, I don't think anybody should be panicked then if something isn't happening. It gives you an idea of the timeline. If you're if you're waking up uh, a month from now and it's the middle of April, you're like, man, they still haven't done anything with Chris Jones. Well, it sounds like that is part of the plan, that they're, they're waiting. I still think it's it's clearly one of the biggest <laughs> questions that they got to get resolved, but I don't think anybody's all that concerned there. The the number one after Orlando Brown Jr. in terms of time sensitivity has to be the Juju deal. He becomes a free agent next week. The league year starts next week. He, I mean, that's another market that will blow up on you if you can't get to a spot where you feel like you can essentially have the deal inked before no, the league year. Notice they're letting Orlando Brown Jr. talk to people because they're like, hey, you go find out your number. They're like, hey, Juju, don't talk to anybody. We don't want them filling your head with how much money they'll give you. Instead, we would rather you thinking about staying here and being here and liking that. I would say the two most important things, because I, I, I know that I was just wrong in Orlando Brown Jr., admittedly, because I thought that they were for sure going to franchise tag him. That's, that's so right. now it has yeah, me we, rethinking yeah. my entire thought of what I thought was going to occur this offseason for the Chiefs a little bit. Like, okay, Chris Jones is getting a deal, right? They're going to extend him because the only other option is trade. I don't think there's any way. It's the same thing as Frank Clark. You can't just play Chris Jones at $30 million this year. You already have the eighth most cap space out of any team in the NFL right now because of the two moves you made yesterday. But if you want to extend Chris Jones and depending on how you want to structure that money, you got to decide on Mahomes' contract too. If you convert close to $30 million on Mahomes' contract, you will have to pay him like six, seven, eight million million more per year over the next four years. But you can save $28 million this offseason, 
which means you can pay Chris Jones, you can pay Juju Smith-Schuster, you, can, is, put is, is you can pay a left tackle, even if it's not yeah. Orlando Brown Jr. Is, I think you got to decide on the Mahomes contract soon. That's the thing. Is this the offseason where they feel they didn't do it last year? Is this the offseason they feel like they need to convert it? Or are they also going to they they, they are, are they also gonna say, you know what? Well, we can actually wait another year again. Why? And because and, 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 that's actually still the better long-term option for them. Sure. So if they, The longer they can hold off on pushing that money into the future, the better. Because then they're not, one, it makes it easier for reworking Mahomes' deal because you're not, there's not this extra $7 million per year floating around on that contract, which would already be problematic. But in addition to that, you've already taken some of the upfront cost of Patrick Mahomes away, numbers you thought you were always going to have to move. But if you want Juju and Orlando Brown and Chris Jones, tell me how they can do that without restructuring Patrick Mahomes. Tell me they can do that. And look, they don't have to restructure the yeah, whole just, 28. It's just a conversion. They don't have to even restructure yeah. anything. Yeah. They just convert. Well, yeah. And they don't have to convert the 28. They can convert just the amount they want gold, right? Let's say you convert $15 million and you're like, you know what? We really only want to pay like three extra million dollars over the next or four extra million dollars over the next four years, not seven, because that doesn't hurt as bad or nearly as bad. And we're going to let all these other, to me, it's about letting all these other quarterback numbers balloon to you because Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert will probably get long-term extensions this year, but their numbers won't balloon up for a couple of years. You want them similar to like Josh Allen's takes his big leap this year. You want them to catch up to you and you're trying to buy time on that, but you might need all that money if you want to pay all these guys, right? Yeah, it's, it's Orlando Brown Jr. Monday and Tuesday really of next week. Uh, once the market opens up, it's Juju. And then after that, you table Chris Jones, it sounds like, till after the draft. You can do the conversion if you need to on Mahomes. And then another name that we haven't talked about today yet, but we did last week, Legereus Sneed. He still has a year on his contract. They don't have to get something done, but typically we just know usually you, you get it done before they enter their final year. Depending on what happens on the Juju and Orlando Brown Jr. front, I think will dictate whether or not they can get something done with Sneed this offseason or he's going to have to – or he'll end up playing out his final year. I know there was some rumblings, you know, should they look into – to moving on and trading Snead. I told you, I absolutely not. I think Snead is far too valuable for this team, the role that he serves on defense. He's yeah, not just a corner. But on the priority um, list, man. Right, and that's he, why he's further down. He's down it. Or, or have him play out his final year. Which I think is a risk you can take. Why not, you know, honest to God, with Snead, why not take the risk now? Like, I understand you don't want him to walk in free agency and cost too much money to gold, but what, what, what if it turns out all three of these rookie corners are even better than they were their rookie year? then does it really even make sense to pay Snead? Like, seriously. If Trim McDuffie ends up being a number one corner yeah. and Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson take a leap, it doesn't, as much as Snead matters to this defense, it doesn't, it's not good my financial question, sense to pay him. My only question is still, is, and maybe they already have the answer, is McDuffie a guy that can also be part of the Blitz packages? I don't know, but can't it just Legere's, be Chanel? It'll send somebody else. Don't we Legere's give Spats credit for being good at Getting anybody to do that? Uh, yeah, I mean, yes. We've, we've in fact, I, I would say if there's anybody that's defended Spags, probably it's been, it's been you or me, actually, more over the last couple of or years. Or even me, perhaps. Um, maybe. I'm not so sure about Nick. Uh, I don't we'll know. See. Jason Brown called you a fanboy, so maybe he's right. <laughs> I'm not so sure. Um, but yeah, Spags fanboy. So Sneed, though, it, it, we, we just know how effective he is. He can line up in multiple areas, and he can blitz. I, I, I think, to me, at minimum, you let you, you play out this year. I, don't, I would not be looking to trade LeJarius Sneed. I think you can talk about contract depending on what financial situation you're in after your decision on Jones, what happens with Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, as we've talked about. No, I, I don't disagree with the notion of just – I'd be fine. I'd entertain trading Sneed, but – I don't know that you're going to get the value back on it that justifies it. To me, it's there's there's not a ton. There's a little risk, as there always is, but there's not a ton of risk in letting him play it out and finding just how good 
just how good those three guys are. Maybe Jalen Watson's really good at blitzing. It's not like Snead just did that day one. That took time. That became a developed part of his game. Maybe that can develop into what Joshua Williams does. Maybe Is they it- send him from the linebackers more often. Like, there's... There's choices before. And by the way, before he was Snead, they used to send Matthew all the time. Like Snead, you know, for the most part, like you can be critical of Spags. And there's plenty of people in the text line who hate him. We've gone back and forth. We've talked about how we kind of thought he got a free pass this year going into the year. Or at least I said that you should just give him this year to figure it out. They went out and won the Super Bowl again. But no matter what my criticisms of Spags are, there's one thing I'm pretty sure of. He's good at designing blitzes, so he'll find somebody who can do that job for him. Is there anybody that now, free agency next week, but you feel less likely is returning? Because Juan Thornhill's a free agent. We've been talking about for the last couple of weeks about looking at guys that are, you know, McKinnon, Thornhill, uh, and others that are Frank Clark now, of course, uh, Carlos Dunlap, Saunders, Naughty, these guys that are free agents and, and whether or not they're back, you need to bring one of them back, talking about the interior defensive line. I still maintain, I don't, I don't see Thornhill back with the team. This this next season, I don't think they will. They dress spend and cook money. for that. To me, that was already a sign. And then all these other questions that you're trying to get answered financially and not put yourself in a bad spot cap wise. I, I don't want to be paying another safety on a veteran deal. I'm already paying Justin Reed. No problem with that at all. I don't know if I want to have another safety that I'm paying a three three or four year deal to. Like it's just not one of those. We talked about like positional value all the time. It's so far down the list. Like those things are so far down the list. But if Frank Clark's gone, then finding another defensive end is somewhere on this list all the same, right? Those big off-season questions, finding another defensive lineman you like is on there, but the question is, are you going to explore cheap veteran options because Dunlap is also a free agent, or are you going to just try to solve this via the draft? Assume Karloff just takes a jump, take another guy in the draft, bring back Saunders, whatever. But they're, like defensive line help is somewhere on here outside of just paying Chris Jones, which remains one of the higher priority things we just know based on how everything is laying out or what Bob was reporting this morning, that that's down the road a little bit. So it doesn't feel as pressing. We'll get to Nick's notable notes here in about five minutes or so, but the Royals spring training success continues. They, they won again yesterday. 10-2. Uh, <laughs> they won. Uh, so they keep on rolling. But there's one thing they did with the lineup and the defensive alignment. And I understand that there's a lot of guys that are currently at the World Baseball Classic. So that is also factoring into this because so many spots have to be filled. World Baseball Classic starts tonight. We know guys like Melendez and Vinny and Nikki Lopez, Brady Singer, all part of World Baseball, Salvador Perez, part of World Baseball Classic rosters. But we had J.J. Piccolo on the show last week. And he talked about the center field depth and saying, you know, they're going to make a move. And they did later that day, by the way. They brought in Jackie Bradley Jr. We also talked about Michael Garcia. And he said, oh, he's going to get a little work in the outfield. Here we are a week later. Yesterday, he was playing center field. Not just the outfield. Just center straight field. up playing yeah. center. This signifies to me a change, a willingness to change that we did not see in the old regime. How many times did we ask them to just see if Adalberto Mondesi could play the outfield? They're actively working to find a spot for an incredibly young, talented player. And they understand that his normal spot, shortstop, that's problematic because Bobby Wood Jr. plays there. They understand that his normal spot may be third base. That's probably a more logical fit if they're going to try to get Hunter Dozier a number of things. But what if we played him a little bit short, a little bit third, and a little bit in the outfield? I understand that we just talked about positional value as it relates to MJ Melendez and probably the likelihood that he's going to be playing right field a huge chunk of the season. I'm pretty convinced they're going to take, like our whole thing of like catch MJ Moore, is the antithesis of what's going to happen. They're just going to bring in Freddie Fermin, and they're going to carry three catchers again, 
And on the off days, it's going to be Fermin who catches, and MJ Melendez is just going to play right field the entire season. And I have questions about that, unless MJ Melendez takes a huge swing forward in the offensive category. But trying Garcia in center, I like. Because it tells me that they're willing to not just hold out for, because it was, remember Dayton's thing, the thing that like kind of makes sense, but also irritates you, which is not only do they have to be performing, but there has to be a place for them. No, screw that. Find a place for them. They're finding a place for Michael Garcia. Trying to balance, though, how much is it what you're saying of this organization? Just World Baseball Classic? Yeah, because like I, yeah, I, I mean, I, it sounds great, and I and I like the idea. Oh, they're willing to move guys around a little bit more and get you know truly get the better guys out there and find I, out more. I like it, and I'm hoping that's what it is. But, but then, then if they then do Jackie Bradley then, Jr. on the opening roster, you'd be like, well, they did the same thing. Then there's part of me that's like, all right, is this honestly just that like the bodies? Like we, we bodies, they they have to have different guys out there to begin with because so many guys are involved for the next two weeks, potentially over in Taiwan or other areas playing in this world baseball classic. I the, the, probably the correct answer is a little bit of both <laughs> that they would like to do it. And this just really opened it up and made it to where it made it. It was very easy for them to make the, the adjustment. I also, on, on the other end, what is it? You know, Kyle Isbell has the inside track, we believe for sure. certain field. Oh, you're worried they, that this signifies trust, a bad thing for his, they, they know his defense is there. Offense. Now, if you look at his spring training numbers, it's spring training, but he's hitting like 420, a 550 on base, something like that. It's actually worse so than Kyle, Michael Garcia in both categories somehow. But Kyle, it's not like he's having a bad spring. No, though. he's That's having a very good spring. This is my part. You know, is my point is not like Kyle Isbell's can't, can't hit. Kyle Isbell cannot hit during spring. That hasn't been the issue. So it may just be simply bodies and also they really like Michael Garcia. Let's just keep having him out there and, and, and see what happens as spring continues. Look, if you're right, maybe I'm ahead uh, of the curve here and it's not, it's not like to me, this is signifying at least a willingness to change. You're right. Because it's not a change. If Jackie Bradley jr. Starts on this roster and Garcia, has he played in a game yet? Jackie Bradley jr. No, I, I think I he just, think, no, yeah, I don't, I don't even think, think he's so. played in the game yet, but, but they brought him over just as like, a, let's just have an extra guy here because we don't know what else could happen. Right. You sign him to a minor league deal because what if Isbell pulls a hamstring or, you know, right. But if you actually believe the more talented player, right now the more talented player to put on your everyday roster is Garcia, not Jackie Bradley Jr. There's a reason why he is highly coveted in your organization, and there's a reason why Jackie Bradley Jr. was available on the street uh, close to April, right? So it's just, it, you know, like whatever it is, those things still exist. And I just, I hope that this means a willingness to find any reason to put this guy in the roster if they really do think he's one of the best 26 players they have. Gotta write something down. Nick's notable notes. All right, guys, a lot to get to today as the dominoes are beginning to fall with the NFL offseason. Whoa! Wait, wait, inside in notes? The- Whoa! That's uh, I didn't know that was allowed. I didn't know that was allowed either, quite honestly. But I guess, I guess you know what they say is true, guys. <laughs> the mock drafts wait for no one. So today's the first one with Bank. I'm guessing. This is a big mock. As far as I know, we are still what patiently waiting for Bink's first mock draft. Man. Come you guys on, have a second episode Bink? of Character Concerns? Yeah, out? No mock? yeah. Episode two of Character Concerns is out wherever you get your podcasts. And we broke down the I'm Orlando gonna, Brown Jr. I'm, news, all the, I'm the combine Bink. standouts. I think you should text I'm him. I'm texting Bink right now. He texts so us where's the, mock? the show. I'm going to say, where the hell is the mock, man? Light a fire under where his butt. Where the hell is your mock? Oh, you're going you're gonna to wow, use the curse? H word? You're going to use the H word? I just said, where the hell is your mock? I just texted him. I'll All right, guys. He'll well, text me back. I do have a mock for you. From? A big boy mock. Oh. Todd McShay. Oh, wow. Todd, Todd, Todd. 
of ESPN released his first mock draft. And this came out earlier this morning. So this is after the Orlando Brown Jr. and the Frank Clark news. Where do you guys think Todd went? I'll tell you. At pick number 31, Todd has the Chiefs selecting Derek Hall defensive end so out of Auburn. I saw his name come up because at the combine last week, he was speaking like all these players did, but had mentioned a uh, big text for me. I'll tell you what he said in a second. Uh, Derek Hall. I knew he would text back in like 20 seconds. <laughs> uh, Derek Hall mentioned how he, had, he sat down and, and talked with the chiefs and had a meeting with Andy. Like, I believe he was one of those players that, you know, publicly come out and said that he met with the chiefs. Yeah. So it makes sense that there's a little bit of uh, a connection there. Bink, by the way, says draft picks aren't even set exclamation point. Oh, we don't, we don't even have comps yet. Everybody is doing one through 32. That's easy. <laughs> First, it's one through thirty-one. Thing. And give us a little taste, Bink. We don't need the whole thing. Just I give us a little give us appetizer. Come on! All right, we need it, Bink. How Cody, about first what do you rounder? do? What do you do for your kids when there's an hour and a half before dinner and they're begging you for food? They're talking about how hungry they are. What do you do? Uh, depends on the day. Some days you're just like, no, wait for dinner. And the other days I'm like, I don't care. Just have some, eat have some crackers. Says, yeah, you just like throw a handful of chips at them and hope yeah. that they leave you alone for an hour. <laughs> That's and all they, we're asking for, Bink. Bink, <laughs> said, <laughs> of chips. Bink said that the comp stuff should come out soon. And once he has that, he said he's putting that on Fridays. The mock oh, drafts okay. on Friday. He's dropping them on Friday, so we, he's going to make us wait. Oh yeah, deep into the week before we get to these mock drafts. So yeah. Oh, he's. Oh, well, yeah. Whoa. We got a problem actually. Uh oh. Uh oh. He's holding until Friday. He's releasing it on Fesco in the morning. Excuse you me. Host, I thought you hosting character concerns would give us Listen, an inside edge on this. Actually, Guys, I'll handle let's this. try to steal that. I'll handle this. Let's put that on this show. I think it needs to be. We on need the to engage. We need to engage in. An intense negotiation. What do we have to offer, Bink, by the way, that Fesco and the morning crew can't? We have a trump card here? I don't know. I just told him I'm reading every text on air, Bink. Be careful what you say. I would imagine, if knowing Bink the way I do, he's probably listening <laughs> to every word we're saying right now. So, oh. yeah, uh, Derek Hall for Todd McShay. He's sick. He's weighing yeah. in about 6'3", 250. He's a little bit smaller than maybe the prototype four spags like right you think of these George Karloftis these big earth mover guys that can sort of play inside outside so he's a little bit smaller he's got that that quick burst that maybe that speed rusher replacement for a guy like Frank Clark what do you think here four-year contributor at Auburn I love the idea of getting a lot younger on the defensive line they've just been kind of rotating through the same guys they drafted like four years ago so the new fresh faces they can have there to go like Chris Jones feels like a good decision Might be a bit of a reach there at 31 my only issue they're not trading down. It comes down to them at 31, and they're standing in Kansas City. And now for the final pick of the first round of the 2023 NFL draft, standing there at Union Station, 0% chance they trade down at that case, even if it is a reach. They're going to take somebody. Well, guys, uh, before I was interrupted by that mock draft sounder, I was going to get into some of the dominoes that are starting to fall. We saw the big news yesterday morning. Derek Carr signs with the New Orleans Saints. Geno Smith signs with the Seattle Seahawks. Some of these quarterback questions are starting to answer themselves but the big one or two big ones that remain are what are going to happen with Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers late last night the report came out that the Ravens are going to be going all the way up to the deadline trying to work out a long-term extension with Lamar my question for you guys is is this posturing 
Do you think the Ravens actually have any intention on getting a long-term contract done today? Or is this just them trying to position themselves in a way that looks like they did everything they possibly could? Bingo. They do want to sign Lamar to a long-term deal, but at the amount of money they want to spend. So they're trying to make it seem like Lamar is the bad guy here. Yeah, I think this is a PR play at this point. And it's it's not that they don't want him as their quarterback, but I think they recognize that that ship has sailed at this point based off of you're so far apart and we know he wants X amount guaranteed and they're just not willing to get to it. And so I think the relationship is completely fractured. I think both sides are done with each other at this point. The other one, Aaron Rodgers, now reports from both Trey Wingo and the Packers beat writer for the yeah, for ESPN, Rob D. We're going to say Domovsky. Domovsky. I believe yeah. is how you say his name. D. As well as our guy, Dan Graziano. Even though he's never been on the show, he's our guy. Yeah. Because Should we just get him happened? on just because? Yeah, yeah. They're saying that they're both reporting that the New York Jets have had conversations with Aaron Rodgers this week regarding a potential trade from Green Bay to so, the Jets. It's important to remember he is still under contract uh, I was say, with so Green Bay. The Packers had to have given him permission. Otherwise, yeah, it's just correct. blatant tampering. I'm correct. telling you right now, if Aaron Rodgers gets traded to the Jets, we're having Vinny on from Taiwan. I don't care what time we have to record this. Not important. We're having Vinny on from You're going to bother Vinny in like the biggest weekend of his life? Yes. We got to get, get an instant this breakdown. This is a huge week for his baseball. NFL insider. He's got a lot to focus on over there. He's representing like an entire country. I know, but he, he had time to, he was doing some fun videos. He was talking about Nikki Lopez got plunked Inten- in an exhibition Wait game. Wait a minute. I want to hear him. I want to hear him finish this thought though. You just said he had some time to yeah, dot, dot, dot. No, you, you made it seem like he had some time to focus on baseball. Now it's back to the stuff that matters. <laughs> Being the New, York, G- the New York Jets. The New York Jets. <laughs> Not the regular season yet. You know, just one quick take on what he thinks about Aaron Rodgers to the Jets if it happens. That's all. Two minutes. Let him focus on his thing, He's man. trying to win a world baseball yeah. championship, and you want to talk about the Jets. You want to talk about He's a washed-up quarterback. You tell him that to his face. You know how excited he'd be about a, a real court, better Mike White. Oh, if I was a Jets fan and you got Aaron Rodgers, you should be thrilled and, and the best you've been feeling in a decade. I'd rather have Lamar Jackson personally. Yes. Yeah, I just don't think that's going to happen. Well, where's he going to go? Atlanta. That's just a done deal? No, but that's... that's I think thing. he's going to stay one more year in Baltimore. Really? Just wow. under the franchise tag. Held hostage. Teams like doing that. It's not holding them hostage. It kind of is. Well, he's paying him a lot of money. But you don't get you don't it's a get great hostage situation. You don't get the long term security. You know the you know movies. Works. In the movies when they when they <laughs> take somebody hostage and they tie them to a chair and they're pulling their tongue out with pliers. <laughs> they usually don't hand them a briefcase afterwards with thirty million dollars in it. No, it's a slightly better hostage situation, but still. The, those are Nick's notable notes. Up next, though, there's a report the Chiefs have interest in one player. It also had a GM saying very interesting things. We'll tell you who and what next. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-4. And it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at the coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. 
Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO.